therapy isn't very fun. And now that we can provide fun environments that can allow you to go fishing, uh, catch the fish that you wanted to catch, and, and you grab it off the line and you put it into the bucket that's a blue fish, you want to put it into the bucket that's blue, so you can tie some cognitive um, aspects and, and make them fun in these experiences, along with physical aspects. You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital Group, Salinity, The Bridge Group Construction, and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas. We are in Dallas, Texas today in our studio here, and we got a great guest on. We want to welcome Chris Brickler. He's the CEO of Mind VR. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lucas. Appreciate it. It's so good to see you again. We've had a number of great conversations about your background and especially the technology that you're involved with right now. You guys are fast moving. There's a lot going on right now um, in this space. I would love to uh, for you to tell our audience, let's bridge the gap between mm-hmm. your tech background and why you have found yourself in the senior housing and senior care uh, marketplace. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I've had kind of a wide background ranging from telecom. I got involved in helping to build some of the backbone of the internet uh, in Europe and Asia and, and the U.S. I went on to run a studio in, in Hollywood, which was completely different than that career path. <laughs> Very for about, different. For about 10 years, <laughs> uh, but learned how to produce content that was really engaging and meaningful content was what we specialized in. And then I was uh, working in Silicon Valley uh, in a subscription sort of based business that was... Um, you know, it was a, it was a fun, fast-moving business, but um, I I wouldn't say that it was as meaningful as the idea of Mind VR. And then when I um, connected with an old partner of mine here in Dallas, he was managing about a hundred sniffs across uh, Texas, and he was telling me about this music and memory program that was uh, he was rolling out. You know, six six years ago or so, and um, the stories that was that were impacting his job and his career. He was so excited about that. I could feel that. And I was working on a a project in virtual reality, trying to bring music into the 360 uh, space uh, with Oculus in in, uh, San Francisco. So we just got uh, together one night and said, well, why wouldn't we create uh, an interesting way to bring music therapy in VR to this massive growing population of seniors that really need care. And, and I've been involved in some cognitive and psychological uh, projects before in the past. So I've got really kind of um, a, a deep interest in how our brain functions. And then when we kind of started diving into the health aspects and the, and the real potential of where VR could go from a brain health point of view, and then helping this great generation of older people, um, it was just a, it was a great match and fit for me to bring 30 years of experience and and uh, now being a senior living for the last five years, it, I couldn't be more thrilled with the technology and how it's impacting people's lives. Well, Chris, it sounds like meaningful content, creating meaningful mm-hmm. content has been kind of a theme that's been guiding your pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of our listeners, those that might be watching on uh, YouTube, understand a little bit about VR. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's becoming very popular from even young children to you're seeing older adults use it for a variety of different reasons, even entertainment. Um, but explain for our audience the approach you guys have with being able to use this tech mm-hmm. 
to deliver meaningful content? What is that going to look like for the end user? Sure. Yeah. So we've totally reimagined virtual reality away from this youth-based gaming culture. So you won't find uh, zombies uh, shooting zombies in our in our experiences. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so there's a lot of youth-based stuff. We won't put people on roller coasters and try to test how sick they can get, but from a motion point of view, right? That's not what we do. We we provide and curate a really large library of content that we've tested over the years that works really well with this population, and and so everything's very safe. It's in a very secure environment. Um, it's curated, like I said, with love, care, and compassion, and we just do everything we can to make these experiences kind of tie to different age-related conditions. So when we think about um, older folks and, and some of the social isolation issues that obviously are, are facing um, uh, the aging population, we think about how VR can connect them with uh, how the experiences in VR can connect them with previous experiences. So they might lose connection with uh, animals. They might lose with pets, with uh, nature, with music, live music concerts, with museum tours. Well, we can bring all that, that world of content uh, back to these folks in VR. And it, it really is not just like watching it on a TV either because the immersive nature of the, of the medium is what's so exciting and what's so therapeutic. Well, that's really cool. So talk to us about... Um, for the senior living developer, owner, operator, um, that's probably the majority of our audience that their ears are perking up and they're thinking, how would this flesh itself out in my community? Is are, What are the requirements? Is this something that um, your average community is going to need a special room for this that's designated with certain kind of equipment and technology? Or is this something that can be done by the individual, the resident in their own comfort of their own room, kind of help us yeah, understand sure. the technology. Yeah, so we provide basically a subscription to the virtual reality content that we create and produce ourselves. Uh, that also includes the headsets that are needed to watch this content. And it also includes all the service and support and training and onboarding. It's very simple. We've made it very easy for the uh, operators and administrators of senior care to adopt uh, our technology. It's something that we take a lot of a, a lot of pride in our customer excellence and service excellence on the on the back end as well because we want our uh, champions at our communities to be very engaged so they get monthly uh, newsletters that show exactly what content's coming down the pipe this month um, which is exciting and we tie that to different seasonal activities so to answer your question yes the headsets can be taken into an individual for a one-on-one -on -one room uh, session that works really well in memory care we've seen uh, as it relates to assisted living and independent living uh, sometimes we'll have uh, group settings to where five people will come down and do it at one time and the activities director will lead them through it's exciting experiences and then as it relates to skilled nursing um, a lot of times uh, the operator might have a room that's dedicated for therapy um, what we are doing is putting a headset or a couple of headsets in that room and then allowing um, for uh, sort of experiences with that help with ADL retraining and things along those lines. Well, those operators probably don't have uh, the resources to build a full kitchen or to build a garage or build all these environments that we can build in virtual reality that can then get people into using real life um, experiences and, and activities and interactivities uh, that go with um with the experiences. And that right there is kind of a, a paradigm shift, right? Senior housing, uh, these buildings been around for decades and decades. And with the constraints in the marketplace and developers and building and cost, now you start to think about implementing 
technology like VR, and now your world is limitless all of a sudden. So if you meant you're talking about ADLs, like what is that going to be today? What space do we need to uh, go into virtually to uh, equip and do this? I mean, you're obviously the gym and the rehab gym is important, but for all intents and purposes, that could be gone or repurposed into something else, depending on people's level of acuity. So let's chase that rabbit to use a Josh phrase um, into this world of virtual reality. I mean, this is something it's obviously it's been talked about. I think for most people, they haven't really understood it. I remember many Christmases ago, people, you know, wanted to buy the Oculus, you know, that was like the big thing that people bought. It seemed to kind of wax and wane a little bit. And I'm not sure if it was just, the end user at the time, the technology just wasn't enough for people to bite off on, but it's had to accelerate to a point now to where these limitless options are really taking place. Mm -hmm. And so expand on that some. Yeah. So, I mean, we offer a wide range of, um, of experiences that provide connectivity to nature. Uh, we'll take uh, seniors to the International Space Station so they can look back at Mother Earth in a way that they have never seen it, possibly. We'll do all kinds of uh, live music concerts. So we'll have a classical pianist that's playing or a jazz musician playing some old hits um, or ragtime. It's really interesting to bring music into this environment because it, it really ignites uh, different you know neuro pathways um, that we don't see ignited all the time uh, in, in senior care. So, But then uh, as we do get into the more therapeutic aspect of, of um, VR, which is really the exciting frontier of, of where we're heading with this, is um, to help folks that are in short-term or long-term rehabilitation sort of modes in their lives and giving caregivers and caretakers and uh, you know, skilled nurses and, and everyone in the staff a new tool, a really exciting tool that makes therapy fun again, right? Um, one of the biggest things we hear with our operator partners and skilled nurses and heads of clinician services and things like that is that therapy isn't very fun. And now that we can provide fun environments that can allow you to go fishing, uh, catch the fish that you wanted to catch, and, and you grab it off the line and you put it into the bucket that's a blue fish, you want to put it into the bucket that's blue, so you can tie some cognitive um, aspects and, and make them fun in these experiences, along with physical aspects. So in some of these games, you can find yourself reeling in, you know, and you can get some really nice upper body uh, movement as well, and you don't even realize that you're having that movement and, and you're actually... Um, doing some fun things. We have a, a really fun butterfly game uh, that we uh, tie into specific movements. So with the flight path of the butterfly, we'll tie into a specific uh, shoulder recovery motion. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So and then we see people over time get stronger at that exercise. And it's really a cool thing. Hey, Josh, did you hear the big news? No. What? VIP Ignite Experience is back for a second year in Nashville, August 28th through the 30th. The theme this year is Dream Again. VIPIgniteExperience.com. Get your tickets and join us in Nashville. So exploring the possibilities of what your team can develop, might develop in the future, um, do you see the potential that... Um, even from a social interaction that there could be interactions with other people, friends, or family through this platform? Yeah, we actually just announced a, a major initiative at MindVR last week uh, at South by Southwest here in Austin. And uh, that is called Mind Connect. And the 
idea of that is to really bring an intergenerational communication platform uh, that they that the operators can use uh, this service while they're a subscriber of MindVR. And now we're essentially allowing a next generation of visitation to happen with remote family members. So they can dial into grandpa's metaverse and direct that metaverse or just go along with what grandpa wants to do in the metaverse. Um, but it's all a very safe, secure content provided by Mind uh, that links that outside uh, world to, to grandpa. And, and what's great about that is it not only provides reminiscence, uh, maybe they go on a Grand Canyon trip together, but um, the younger family member's voice, we know from some science, has a real impact on memory, uh, unlocking memories as well, or at least activating the brain in the hippocampus side of this brain where we um, are sort of the epicenter of where memories cross and path. But that is a real, uh, a real benefit. And then when we start talking about... Um, some of the latest advancements in aromatherapy blended with virtual reality. Then we start hit on uh, quite a number of sensories, uh, visual, hearing, and smell. And that is kind of a new, fun, exciting frontier for, for VR therapy. Wow. So if I'm understanding correctly, uh, to use a, a personal example, my kids, I have three young kids at home. Uh, they actually love the VR sets that are out there for retail use yeah. and are Actually, it's amazing how quickly they pick up on that kind of technology without dad slowing them down. Mm -hmm. I, they usually show me how to use it. But grandparents that live a few hours away that they can't easily, um, I guess, visit, if I'm understanding you correctly, they could engage together in this kind of um, technology and, and have some interactions in that way? Yeah, I mean, the first phase of, of connecting the generations together is... Um, remote family member has a tablet or a smartphone mm -hmm. so it may make it more accessible they don't have to have an oculus headset in other words to go into the metaverse we gotcha. stream the experience real time that grandpa is having in the metaverse straight to the iphone or the or the android phone or or tablet but uh for sure in the future um we're doing a lot of testing with this around uh, avatars and how do you get real high quality avatars of that remote family member into the metaverse and and allow them to interact in that way so we think there will be some interesting developments for sure in the next year or two on that front wow you guys are <laughs> on the cutting edge of this lucas i'm just uh, my, my mind going crazy here i think you need an avatar <laughs> we do we need to bridge the gap avatar that's for sure well so this the next thing that i wanted to talk about before we close out um is the i guess the opportunity to um to create further engagement. Like, so there's one sense of this that yes, uh, there's a scene where the seniors are in their room enjoying their virtual reality by themselves. But that's not necessarily the main theme of this, right? This is something that the seniors in congregate living can share as an activity together to say, hey, at, uh, you know, at one o'clock today after lunch, Let's all go to the activity room and let's tour the Sistine Chapel or right. let's go to the Grand Canyon and let's enjoy this together as a group. Right. I can imagine, and maybe you could uh, you know, fill us in on this, once they take that trip and take those off, there has to be engagement and conversation that takes place. Yeah, we've seen the virtual reality uh, experiences really stimulate socialization, um, which means that We'll use the technology with folks that might be in a latter stage of, of dementia of some sort. And um, we've seen it it's just over and over and over where 
uh, they might go to the, let's say, the Eiffel Tower. And um, that might be a special trip that they had gone to several times in their life with their family. And they have no recollection of, of really going there. But when they come into Mind VR and then they're able to be teleported to that environment and they're immersed in it, not watching it on a television screen, but immersed in it, um, it becomes a really powerful way to unlock memories. And I've seen it countless times with folks that have just kind of stepped out of of, uh, of that kind of fog that they might be in, unfortunately, uh, and, and brought them to a, a place of uh, socialization where they might be more social now with their caregivers, which is a big uh, area that we think VR is going to impact quite a bit. We're doing a big study with Stanford right now. It's probably the largest study that's ever been done with VR and the aging population. But one of the things that they're looking at is um, how this impacts the, the caregiver and, and the happiness that, that comes about that. Because when we, when we see residents happy, we see staff happy. And that's one thing we really um, see a lot with our commercial customers that deploy MindVR throughout all their communities is that it has a big staff engagement uh, factor here because uh, it's new. It's, it's kind of trendy. The word of metaverse is kind of out there and about. So younger uh, workforce and, and nurses and things like that can get behind a cool technology like this. And then when they see the impact it's having, the joy and the uplifting spirit and lifting, you know, grandpa or grandma out of their four walls of existence into another reality. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. And, and that makes them happy for the next day or a couple of days. And, and then they can't wait to do it the next week when the activities rolls back around. Well, um, Chris, you mentioned um, happy team members yep. with the kind of deployment, for for lack of a better term, because of the success that they're seeing mm-hmm. through the years of operating communities. Um, I, I know a lot of obstacles that operators have to overcome with any technology, no matter what it is, is the implementation process. Could mm-hmm. talk uh, to our operators a little bit that might be listening that are thinking, man, I, I got to do this, but what does that look like for my team? What does your kind of implementation process look like for a community? Yeah, no, it's very, it's very easy. Actually, we've made it uh, the easy button sort of approach. Um, if anyone's ever used uh, sort of a jitterbug type of technology with making cell phones easy, that's what we've done in VR. Um, so we make it very easy for the staff to get trained, uploaded. We've got uh, a number of training videos that show shortly how to do different functions, uh, how to control the content. For instance, we have a care tablet that works with the headset, and that's really good uh, in a lot of different sort of memory care type situations and assisted living in some cases. Um, and that tablet can control up to five headsets at one time. It's very easy to control that. Uh, it can also just do one-on-one uh, sessions. So um, in terms of rollout, we're now uh, starting to see a lot more organizations of larger scale wanting to implement this across 30, 40, 50 communities. And that's what we're doing right now. So we think 2022 will be a very big year for scale. Whereas the last four or five years, we've really worked out a lot of the bugs and the research and development around how is this going to help with certain age-related conditions, which is really where we're, we're heading as an industry um, is the, ther- the therapeutic aspect. Yeah, so it's it's very easy and and it's very scalable, and we're very happy to be here at in Dallas at Nick this year as a, a preferred partner of Omega uh, Healthcare. Uh, so we're going to be in the show showing a lot of different operators how this is easy to deploy and and what is involved with that. But we're trying to make this a time uh, not a time suck by any by any stretch, but a but a time savings, and and a very uh, efficient way of making the residents more engaged and happy. Wow. So Lucas. Curious, do you see potentially 
each of us having an avatar and being able to do this with an <laughs> Oculus set on? Can we do that? Yeah, I, we can go and visit and do a virtual podcast in these communities. Yeah, I, I really, I, I love that. And I mean, it really makes me think, you know, my, my probably follow-up question or last question there is like, Chris, where, I mean, this technology is growing leaps and bounds. Um, one thing over the last two years has taught us is that technology has, uh, you know, not just blossomed, it's just, it's exploded specifically in senior care and senior housing. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that has come in and helped a lot of these friction points and a lot of these pain points and problems. Where do you think VR three, five years from now um, maybe not necessarily mind VR, but just VR in general in, cause if, as it changes the consumer marketplace, it will obviously also change the healthcare space. Mm -hmm. What is on the horizon, uh, that you know, with this technology? Yeah. Well, there's a few things that are happening. Number one, the general culture is really becoming more aware of virtual reality through this metaverse. Now that's largely targeted to a youth culture, but, um, in addition to that, wave that we're riding right now with VR coming back into the mainstream, we're also coupling that with the the headway we're making in the regulatory climate, for instance. So FDA uh, fast-tracking VR as a sign of what they're doing right now is, is, is wonderful. Uh, also in a Congress, just in the last two weeks, uh, there's been a major development that's been announced, uh, and it's great because it's, it's called the Access to Prescription Digital Therapies Act of 2022. And what this essentially does is group things like virtual reality as a digital therapy, fast track that through the system to where we can now get Medicare, Medicaid sort of reimbursement for these type of new digital therapies. And this is really important from a care point of view because we all know that uh, there's some pharma pharmacology that's out there that might not be the best to do in our memory care environments and certainly with disease states that, we've, that we face. So the alternative of having non-invasive, uh, you know, brain engaging technology that can be considered therapeutic is a real big frontier for where we're, where we're heading with that front. And then just the research uh, that's going across all areas of healthcare right now is just phenomenal. It's, it's advancing very fast and there's the efficacy behind VR improving um, uh, socialization, for instance, which is a big thing when you think about, when you think about um, dementia and what leads up to that? Well, there's a, uh, some research that's really interesting around the tie of, of uh, loneliness, which is sometimes considered the new heart disease, um, tying that with um, uh, a link directly to uh, getting dementia, right? And so if we can help that socialization earlier in the process, um, we're never saying we're a cure for any type of disease state with virtual reality, but if there's ways it can help with the side effects and really get tactical and intentional about that, that's a very exciting frontier. Wow. Well, I know our audience is going to want to dig in and learn more. If they're not already following you, they're going to want to um, definitely uh, look in our show notes, Lucas, to make sure they're catching up with you guys. Uh, you're on the forefront of technology providing meaningful content to these senior living communities. It's exciting. Yes, yeah. very, very exciting. Our listeners, they can go to btgvoice.com. You can download this episode, read the transcript, and also connect with us on social. We'll make sure that we put Chris and MindVR's information in the show notes. You can connect with them and all the new updates that they have. Chris, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Lucas. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. And thanks to everyone for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. 
Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.